Hello and welcome to episode 8 of Talking Trotters. Of course, the podcast looking back at the week's developments from Bolton Wanderers Football Club. For the fans, by the fans, and that's us lot. And we're uh, we're all back in the studio hey. this week. I'm back off my jollies. Have a good time. I did indeed. Good. I did indeed. I did a bit of scouting. I was showing you earlier. As you did. Seal with great <laughs> ball control we could make use of. Might work out. And we've got plenty that's been going on. We have. Lots. Plenty that's been going on. Yeah, well, after last week's show, again, this feels like you should put it as a kind of rinse and repeat thing at the end of each show. The deal is imminent. It's very close to take over this completion. And then a bit of a spanner in the works. Well, a bit of a spanner was chucked into the works in that Lawrence Bassini had filed an injunction against Bolton Wanderers, basically blocking the sale going through. Yeah, that was a weird one. We did mention about the deal. What? what well, I mentioned about the deal going through, and it, what I found very strange was that as soon as this injunction came in, Football Ventures and the administrators, the line was, oh, we were just about to finish it. Mm. Well, they've been just about to finish it for weeks. It seemed <laughs> very months. convenient that all of a sudden, oh, we were just about to sign it, and then this injunction came through. Like, just what's going on now? Let's just get it done. Although we have heard today, on, on day of recording, which is mm. Wednesday, that there is nothing standing in the way now of this deal being done. So why has the court case been adjourned to the 2nd of September then? Well, because the court case has now changed. It's not Lawrence Bassini and Bolton Wanderers. It's Lawrence Bassini and Inner Circle Investments, Ken Anderson's company. I so that Bolton was what it was now, originally anyway. There was, connect, there was obviously some kind of connection and it meant that they couldn't be sold. But they've looked at it now and a judge has said there's no reason to stop the sale. This is between these two parties now. So... It depends how you look at this court case. Some would be very happy with the, what the verdict was. Others would be uh, not so happy. And a great deal of uh, the reaction seems to be, oh, yay? Yeah, uh, well, Lawrence didn't mm. seem too chuffed outside the courtroom, did he? He seemed very subdued for a man who's usually quite lively, shall we say. Maybe he's realised that he's actually not getting the club and it's finally dawned on him that... Well, he can, go and, <laughs> he can go and say, Barry now... Oh no, please, they've oh. they need had it. enough They problems. need it more than we do. Yeah. But <laughs> they just need any, anyone at the moment for get them a bit more time. Well, yeah. Wow. 23rd they've got till the club. Oh, that's so deadly, thinking that we could get to... Well, it's scheduled for the 8th of September, and all of a sudden Bolton, regrettably, will be down a game, a televised game at that. Yeah. What can you do? Nothing. Well, it's just the way it is at the moment. The case has been adjourned until the 2nd of September when it is effectively, as you say, Jim, it's Lawrence Bassini going up against Ken Anderson, which Bolton fans on the face... heavyweight encounter of the decade. Do you know what? I'd rather see that as a boxing match. I would love to see that (laughs) as a boxing match. Because I tell you now, you can say what you want about Lawrence Bassini. I reckon he can throw a punch. You reckon? I reckon reckon he can throw a better punch than Ken Anderson. I reckon Ken Anderson He's a bigger fella, isn't he? I think there's a plenty of people that'd love to find out, but I reckon that'd be a bit of white collar down the down the Bolton Arena. Can raise some funds for the game. Yeah, raise some funds for the club. How ironic! Hey, I'll be hey, let someone get someone get all the ready earn. Someone, someone ring Lawrence Bassini and Ken Anderson, and we'll get this arranged. <laughs> no, no, forget about Eddie Earn. Get in touch with the lads from Little Lever Cricket Club. Oh, see, aye, they'll sort it out. Well, you a see, little bit of white collar. Do you see Josh Jen, the first eleven captain, when Cullen had that fight? <laughs> I was, and he was not one hundred percent ready for the next day's play. I think they well, ended up losing that match, not solely because of how Jen was, but. Well, he was uh, Chris throwing out uh, accusations here. <laughs> well, we all seen the video footage anyway, so <laughs> I don't think he, I don't think he could get away with it. <laughs> no, in honest, in all honesty, Josh, he has a good celebration that needed doing. Mm. Fair enough. But back to Bolt Wonders anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it seems a, it seems a weird one, doesn't it? But it has done all the all, all the way through. This takeover has just seemed proper odd. Nothing's been straightforward, and I'm sure that anybody that's you know. I'm sure any, if you spoke to anyone that had ever worked for worked in this situation of trying to buy a football club, I'm sure they'd tell us that nothing's straightforward in that situation. But this one just seems to be one thing after another, one problem after another, one reason it can't be completed after another. 
Yeah, true. And just touching on uh, actually what you said there, going back to just before Lawrence Pacini's spanner came into the works, the football veg said the White is going to be taken over, it's imminent, it's nearly enough done. Yeah. Now that the court said that there's not going to be anything blocking it, let's actually see how long it's going to take. Because yeah, yeah. if it was really that ready yeah. to be done, it shouldn't take much longer, no, it should it? You'd, you'd imagine that on that logic, we should get a statement saying tomorrow saying, end of the week, boys. <laughs> well, isn't the massive stumbling block the hotel itself? Because yeah, it's it that whole thing about there are different administrators. Which, Sp- again, seems ludicrous. Uh, it has to be sold as one entity. If you can't buy the hotel when you're buying the club, then obviously the business model doesn't work. Or at least that's what fun- football ventures would have us believe. But I can well believe that without the hotel, the, the business model of the football club does not work. Because they, the hotel do all the events and stuff, it's all done from within the organisation of the hotel. I don't understand how you could run the business without it, so why is it apparently possibly being sold without the hotel? If someone buys it without the hotel, then they might as well just pack up shop and go, because I don't think you're going to be able to run a football club off the money that Bolton Wanderers brings in if you take away the hotel and events side of things. I was going to say a final point to the whole cup proceedings today. The administrators, I believe just before Jim did his show tonight, they released a statement yes. in relation to the court case today saying, and it was on behalf of the joint administrator, Paul Appleton. I note the reports about the findings in court today, which state the injunction has been amended, allowing the sale of the football club to continue unimpeded by this issue. I know it has been a frustrating few days for all involved, causing a continuing delay. Now we must progress to completion as quickly as possible in order to secure the future of the club. Accordingly, my lawyers and I are in contact with all parties to progress to completion as soon as possible and give everybody connected with Bolton Wanderers the good news they deserve. So they've come out and said nothing really, haven't they? So, <laughs> like there's so, no nothing changed. So basically, before the announcement, before Bassini, yeah, the takeover's imminent, it's really done. And now no, no, no. And, then, and then we've got to do all this. It's like, wait, wait a minute, wasn't it already ready to be done? Uh, apparently so. It's like blaming. We love these false hopes. I know, yeah. Administrators, administrators are very good at putting out communications of information containing zero information whatsoever. <laughs> That's what I've learned from this entire process. They could have put out one statement and literally copy and pasted that week after week. That's all we've heard is, yeah, we've got to work hard to make sure this gets done. We've got to work hard to make sure it's close, but we've got to make sure hard to make sure this gets done. It's the same message week after week, month after month. Eventually, they're going to have to actually, you know, get it done. When it happens, I won't believe it. Exactly. (laughs) Well, the hope is, maybe it's just me that it's going to be the most anticlimactic thing ever when the takeover is finally announced. Oh, right, we can move on now. Yeah. I don't want... That's the kind of thing... You remember in the pilot episode, you state the fact that it's a bit like buying a house. Yeah. You want everything to be absolutely right so that you're not in a state where you think your house is got and then something has come through in the paperwork going... Oh, actually, you're going to have to be in between houses. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the problem as such is you've sold your old house and you go, what am I meant to do now? You don't want to move in to your new place and then find out you've got dry rot and it's falling apart. You want to move in and know that everything is exactly how you thought it was so you can crack on and do whatever you need to do. You don't want to move into a business and find out that it's actually got no wheels. Pilot episode two months ago, now. Exactly. (laughs) Um, And they're still saying the same thing. Yeah, and, and... I don't know whether that is because there's literally been nothing to tell us or whether it's because so much has been on, like behind these non-disclosure agreements and so much has been confidential information that they can't put out until it's all kind of done and dusted. Maybe we'll find out a lot more in the wash, but I think that, like Chris said, it's, it's just going to be a matter of there'll be an announcement saying it's done and that'll be it and we'll move on and no one will ever kind of get the inside story on everything inside well isn't that kind of what you want by the end of it all that it's just announced right it's done let's go ordinarily yes but in the situation that we've been in and with there being so much rumour and innuendo and the entire thing I think that we should be told why it took so long and what the state of affairs was and why it was such a mess rather than it just being it's done now let's move on I think that there should be a, a, a huge kind of post-mortem on the Ken Anderson regime and his era in charge of Bolton Wanderers to be why we were in such 
a mess and such a difficult situation to move the club on. I think that that all should come out afterwards. I know it doesn't affect what's happening, you know, there's no effect that can have on it after the fact, but just from a place of, you know, we need to know. I mean, I think we deserve to know as Bolton fans what the hell's been going on with our club. It might be worth keeping an eye on that fella from the University of Liverpool, you know, Kieran Maguire mm. runs that price of football account. Yeah. And it is a superb account, isn't it? Just giving you details about company listings, yeah. about how certain owners have managed to sell the stadium to a separate account so yeah. that it manages to make sure that financial fair play regulations aren't breached. Yeah. Derby County, for example. Yeah. <laughs> the Wayne Rooney deal. It's a quality, quality idea, that. But then, <laughs> financial fair play for me isn't fit for purpose anyway. Um, all it is is literally, a, here's, a, here's a blockade, get round it how you can. And yep. teams will find a way around but it. But I don't get. I never. I never understand it. And it's, it also means that if you have money, um, you know the haves in football uh, are a distinct advantage over the have-nots because you can't speculate now. If you're a normal business and you want to go out and get investment in your business to do a specific project or launch a specific product or service, then you can go and you can get the financing you need to launch to to launch that product or service or stimulate that growth within your business to get to the next level. Well, with football now, you can't do that because if you do it and you're not as successful as you assume you're going to be or you forecast you're going to be, you're going to get hit with major fines. You're not allowed to say, well, I know that if we invest 100 million that we don't really have, we can get to this level. Because if you don't get to that level, you won't make the income to cover what you've actually what you what you spent and then you, you're done and because the financial fair play you'll then be slapped with embargoes and everything else so it is and in some ways it's kind of good because you're stopping speculation within football but it also means that if you've got the money like man united if you can service your massive debts then get in as much debt as you want because you can service it but if you're not then you're just basically you will never you, the Football League and the FA and whoever is involved in this financial fair play, UEFA, are basically saying you will always be a small club. Tough. You 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 are not allowed to challenge the big boys because, well, they've already got the money and you've not. So deal with it. And so the big boys can keep getting richer and the big boys can keep getting that big football, that big football uh, TV money from the Champions League, from the Premier League, while the clubs like Bolton Wanderers, like Bury and everybody else that's in our boat. He's never going to be able to, or he's going to taste the fruits of those labours. It just isn't going to happen. And the more that financial fair play goes on, the bigger that gap is going to get. And I can't, I can't see any other way around it because you are literally, if if a new owner came into Bolton Wanderers tomorrow, if Bill Gates came in and said, "I don't care, I've got all the money in the world, I'm going to plough money into this football club," he's not allowed to do that. He has to go out and find people that will give him the money for sponsorships and such what because oh it has to be a viable business thing you can't just funnel money in now well why not that's how Man City did it before the financial fair play became a big kick in and that's how Chelsea did it and that's how other teams have done it I mean look at Barcelona and Real Madrid you know they get money from all sorts of ridiculous ways and places but other teams can't don't have that option, don't have that ability, so they're stuck because they can only spend what they make. Which sounds sensible, but at the same time, if you said that to any other business, they'd just laugh at you. You're never going to grow. Yeah, exactly. It's basically saying you have your place in the football pyramid or the football ladder, and you will never, we don't want you to ever break out of that. It's like the apprentice sale in Sugar. Like, obviously, you're investing money into an individual yeah. to grow a business to become successful. You can't do that. No. And, it, and then, like you said, it does... It does if you're already big, then that's it. Yeah. You, you've already made it. You, there's nothing you can do. And if you like Bolton, Bury, for example, you're not. You're never gonna. You're never um, gonna achieve that because one, we're never gonna have the supporters like like Liverpool. Yeah. We're never gonna have the big revenues from. And we're not fashionable, so we're not gonna have the big advertisers coming in and wanting to sponsor stupid money for our ground or whatever. Um, you know, a few years ago we were struggling to give away shirt sponsorship to our club. It's it's. Mad, and I'm not saying we should just be letting football clubs go into debt willy-nilly because we've seen what debt can do to a football club. But to stop it in general, to not allow that kind of investment is just 
backwards. Yeah. There has there should be a level where it's not so geared towards the bigger clubs. And for me, anything with UEFA is often geared towards maintaining the status quo for the bigger clubs that are already at that top table because they're the ones that have got the power. They're the ones that have got the say. And we've seen it time and time again. When the big clubs don't get their own way, they start trying to throw their weight about as big clubs. So anyway, we had a match on Saturday. We did. We did, yeah. Ah, You went with little Jacob. Yes, I did indeed. Did he enjoy it? Yeah, I loved every minute of it. How was his run out? (laughs) (laughs) Kept a clean sheet. All right. In more ways than one. (laughs) Anyway, there's something quite good to take away from this. Mm. Not so much what happened on the day, but you brought in the programme, which is quite nice. Yeah. Yeah, I did actually. It was... It was obviously my lad's little glad's first game, so I had to get something to remember that nice. we were at the yeah. game, so nothing better than you've getting your well, first programme. You've done as well, well as well not to spill any beer or <laughs> accidentally drop a pie on it or anything like that, because programmes, in my experience, have always gone the way of ruined by the end of the 90 minutes. So you've done all right, though. And it was raining, so it managed to keep as well yes, as it could. Yes, it's quite <laughs> good, that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, it was a fantastic game. Every single lad that played that game got a standing ovation, was mm. clapped until the very last minute and each and every one of them deserved it and we, more. You said that, you know, they were playing for the badge. Oh, they were playing for more than the you badge. Know. They were playing for, for the fans, they were playing for every single fan that paid a ticket that day. They wanted, they didn't want to go away and have a, a, a loss on their game. They wanted to prove that they were going to be the new Bolton Wanderers. These are going to be the lads that are going to keep us in this league. And just think why and how it came about. The fact mm. that we saw the team sheet revealed just after two o'clock and I was even more flummoxed than I was for the Wickham game going, yeah. I have no idea who most of these people yeah. are. I knew one or two because the they are featured in that yeah. Wickham team. Youngest average age of any Wanderers team ever put out. What I was mean, it, 19 years 19, old? 19 yeah. years old. And Harry Brockbank were in the captain's yeah. armband. And he got in the team of the yeah. week. Yeah. He said it was a great honour for him. What I did really like about Harry Brockbank, actually, is he was he was interviewed in that, and he said that while all this has been going on at Bolton, and he, while he's talking about this new deal and things like that, he basically was like, look, I, I, I want... I didn't want to play for anybody else. This yeah. is my club and Home I wanted team. to play for my yeah. club. Now, I did also giggle with my dad about the fact that he was probably looking at it and going, yeah, but I might play at Bolton this year, which he has and he's captain of the squad. But, I mean, that that just says it all, that these lads are lads that, are, that want to play for the club to the level where they will turn down other clubs because they just... It's their club and they want to pull that shirt on and play first-team football. I know it's been a few days since then, but did we ever find out why the senior players all of a sudden thought, no, I'm not doing it? I've no idea. Just, I don't know. I mean, I said to you on Saturday, didn't I? I think they just can't be bothered. And then they I, played... I don't think it I don't think Tuesday. it was nothing to do with they couldn't be bothered. I, don't, I, I, just, I think there was probably something that has been said at upper ranks that about the court case and whatnot and oh. probably a few other things that have probably been said to him and to be honest I did wonder whether it'd be something to do with the fact that I'm assuming that the senior players will have larger appearance fees in their contracts than the young lads who will probably be only getting an extra hundred quid maybe for, for their appearance fee I don't know whether it was some of it was maybe financially motivated obviously with the administrators being in a position where their job as well as selling the club is to you know, minimise losses and try and yeah. keep things ticking over. So I, I'm not saying that that did come into it, but I did wonder when I saw it whether that would have anything to do with it. Like I said to Chris on, when I rang in after the game, the young lad that played in net, oh, for the life of me, I can't remember his name. Um, they were doing Alexander. a warm-up. Yeah, that's the lad. Uh, they're doing the, do you know like they do the warm-up and they're taking shot practice before yeah, and, yeah. and, and he, was, he was not saving anything. <laughs> they were just going in and like they weren't even like they were the same efforts as well and I was thinking, yeah. oh my God, this is going to be a very long day. And then as soon as the, the whistle blew, the guy just turned into, I don't even know, he was just saving absolutely everything. He was, he was on the ball, literally. He was jumping in front of everything and he didn't care if he got hurt. He was no. putting his body on the line and it was great to see someone with such passion because yeah. he was mm. only a small lad and... Obviously, we did, did we did concede. He did concede three goals, albeit the offside flag came up on every single one. Well, you know, <laughs> but well, I take everything as it comes, so and I celebrated as if we scored on every single one, as you've probably oh, right. seen on the talking yeah, yeah, video. I saw that. <laughs> um, but no, some people have said like, "Oh, how, how can you call it a clean sheet when he got beaten three times?" And my argument to that is, well, he was offside, and if they hadn't had that advantage through cheating for being offside, he wouldn't have been in a position to shoot. And that's why you can't say it wasn't a clean sheet. Yeah, he might have been beaten three times, but he was illegally beaten three times, and that doesn't count. So, fair play to the lad. And it comes to something when you feel so happy about a nil-nil draw, which yeah. mm. very, very rarely ever happens. 
I think I felt I was well. I didn't feel like I was in tears. I, wa- I think you well, I was in tears. You weren't the <laughs> only one. There were grown men in that stadium crying like they were. With, there were tears of joy. There were joy. tears of mm. pride for what they've just seen. A lot of people have said that that's the best performance they've seen anyone just seen play for a number of years. And and I, and I kind of agree with them. Which is a big shout out really for David Lee and the the youth yeah. team. Yeah. You know, Nicky Spooner as well. Spooner as well being yeah. the main guy. I think Parkinson sat back and towards that game and let them kind of coach That's the players on. Yeah, because because when I was People looking at People near the who were sat near the bench said that he did take a bit of a back seat. He, he did. just gave them bits of advice here and there and did do the odd on pitch instructions. But after the game, which sounded I don't know if you, well, you can kind of interpret it one well, of yeah. two ways. He went to them and sent them on to get the adulation, and he just went back down the tunnel. Now, whether that was him saying, you know what, this is your team, your boys, you go out there and take the praise you deserve, or is it the actions of a man who knows that once his takeover's done, he's out the door? No, I think it's the former. I, it, I would hope it would be, because I don't think that he's... I think that he's been wonderful throughout this entire yeah, yeah. mess. Definitely. I don't agree with anyone that says he should go through like lack of well, you achieving it. what he needs to achieve. Yeah, I do understand people that are bored of long ball football and want... To watch something more entertaining, I get it. I understand. These kids it. don't play that though. They don't. They, they try not to anyway. That's it. We've seen a bit more football from the young lads who've come through that more footballing style of coaching. But it's like you said in the pilot episode: the priority shouldn't be to determine who the manager is wants to take over, does get done and dusted. Yeah. It's about getting everything else, both Sorry. behind the scenes and on the pitch as well. In a couple of cases, making sure that's all good and proper. If it comes to a point, say, around about six to eight months from now, when the takeover ought to be done, then you could come to a decision, right? You could say at the end, towards the end of the season, Phil, I'm sorry, but... Times for a change. Because sometimes it doesn't have to be, you've been rubbish for getting rid of you. Sometimes it's just, look, you've you've done a good job for this amount of time, but now we feel we need to change the direction. Yada yada yada, and that's a direction they could they could go in if they wanted to. Yeah, because I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised to see a change if it was going to happen December time if if we weren't you know if we hadn't cut all that deficit away and we weren't starting to look like maybe challenging to stay out of the relegation zone I could well see a change then before if the takeover has been done before football ventures say you know what you are the man to go and spend our money in the transfer window as we come up to that January period that is where I could imagine a change being made if he wasn't the man long term they would rather bring somebody in to spend that money and start to build that team. But that's the only real couple of ways I could see it happening. I can't see them going, turning around and going, yeah, you're rubbish, off you go. Yeah. Because he's proved in the first two seasons he managed us that he is capable of getting us up and he is capable of keeping us up when he's got a team to actually play with. It's not even that. His interview after the game was quite... Oh, man. Wasn't it? Yeah. Wow. Like, yeah. I never say, I've never, normally he's quite calm and he, he normally mm. just says it how it is and that but then he went absolutely in on Bassini and everything yeah. else. He just he was he was, I think he'd I think he'd got to the point where he's absolutely he's lost it and, and, and after and after seeing them young lads perform where they was, he's probably thinking, Do you know what, I have they've got lads who are passionate, they they just want to play football and you're ruining their opportunity, yeah. you're ruining their club and you're ruining and obviously you see how much the fans were in awe of these young lads that were playing and it's like, actually, do you know what? This needs to be done now, this needs to be yeah. sorted because it's Although arguably, if Bassini hadn't have stuck his oar in, <laughs> them lads never would have got a chance because we would have, we, you know, we could have had it sewn up yonks ago, and we could have had senior players that we'd brought in, and they might not have got this opportunity to play. True. So the, the just playing devil's advocate yeah, a little no, bit. Yeah, there, but you know? yeah, but what you're saying is right though. If that didn't yeah. happen, like I said, everything happens for a reason, yeah. and now we've seen that these young lads have come up. Obviously, the, the most important thing was getting the games played because that once you start to play games, that makes it more difficult then. For the EFL to turn around and, and boot you out because other clubs that might have scored, you know, a decent chunk of goals against you in the league might be like, well, hang on a minute, we're losing this goal difference and all that. Can we not try and get the fixtures done? Yada yada yada. Whereas with Bury, because nobody's played them, if they were to go, it wouldn't make any difference to the admin of the league. Everybody would be in the same boat. Everybody, no, nobody's played just them one, yet. Just one week, no one will exactly, play. Exactly. Yeah, you get a rest week or whatever, which would be quite good. Uh, but <laughs> you know. I'd rather it didn't happen, but I would imagine that, that w- it's easier now to get rid of Bury out of the league than it is to get rid of Bolton because Bolton have started to play the games. True, and uh, Zuma, for me, another stand-up performance from him. He, you, I'm sorry, you're saying Johan or Kurt? Johan, obviously. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he conceded how many goals over the weekend? Four? No, he didn't concede one single goal. Johan Zuma would never concede... <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> yeah, Kit, so Kit conceded four, and Ewan conceded none over the weekend. I just point that out. And him and Brockbank look like a great partnership. Yeah. And for me, the senior players that chose not to play or weren't allowed to play or whatever it what had happened, probably sat there watching the game or listed a game and probably looking on the shoulders now and thinking, Do you know what, we've just missed out on an experience that we're never probably going to get again at, at at the University of Bolton Stadium. That was something for me. Like I was watching. Darcy, I was watching uh, politics, and I was watching them, and they were just chasing absolutely. And and on the one, they give a shit. They they were absolutely, and even at one point, the uh, and it's not just professional pride. It's commentary goalkeeper pushed him, and he got back up, and he pushed him back, and everyone's chanting and cheering. And then the referee goes and books our play, and I'm thinking, what's he doing here? This kid's only 16 year old, and. And he's got a boot all over the game. But it's good to see the fight. It's good to see the fight, isn't it? Exactly, and, and, and the desire, the will, the energy that the obviously towards then I thought after the first half performance, I said to you, didn't I? Mm. Rang, when I rang you, I was like, if 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 they continue, if they can't continue to play like that all for the next half because they will tire and they probably mm. will start conceding. So obviously they got a massive second win from somewhere, yeah. and yeah. yeah, we managed to clean get a clean sheet, nil nil. Adrenaline's an amazing thing. You can thank the crowd for their efforts every week. It seems to be the same story every game. Even the Bolton fans were great. Like yeah. throughout this entire thing, I think that it would have been very easy for Bolton fans th- throughout this entire saga to have disgraced ourselves. And there's been plenty of opportunities for people to have disgraced themselves in on marches and protests and yeah. such and so, you know. But nobody has. And I think no. the commentary fans they turned it in numbers as well. Oh think, yeah, well, well I think they completely understand. I, I, I think they turned it in numbers, obviously, yeah, because you understand. But they also turned it in numbers to think that they're going to see an absolute thumping, yeah. yeah. But obviously, not that won't happen. But I think it helped as well that they closed the upper tiers because yeah. everyone, yeah. Like said, yeah. everyone was um, obviously, like you said. Down. Didn't we say that on last week's episode yeah. though that it might be in the best interest to We've mentioned yeah, it a few times? I think yeah. now that. Yeah. But I, and it is because you don't have to open it, which so costs you less money. You force everybody together, so it heightens the atmosphere. Yeah. It'll be a better experience for everybody. And I know that there's some people, and if you know if you are one of them people, then I apologise. But there will be some people <laughs> like, well, I like to sit in the upper tier, and I'm not sitting anywhere else, so I won't go. Look, if, if right. you've got enough See money, enough, if yeah. you can go to the games, you go miss, to the games. Miss out on that experience the, that I that yeah. I, I witnessed. The, the only reason that you won't find me at a Wanderers game of a weekend is ain't got enough money, or I'm at work. If it doesn't matter where I'm sitting, you could sit me on the roof as long as I was there. And if I could get to it and I can afford to go, I'd be there, no matter where I was sat. I know people get used to where they sit, and they, you know they might have been sat there for years, but it's a plastic seat in a stadium. I like moving around because you get different, yeah, yeah. different views, different, different views, different yeah. aspects of. What I honestly, people think it's I don't. Well, I mean, I think you've got you get a spectacular view of the entire pitch from the upper tier, but I don't think that. You can see things as well from that far away. Yeah. I prefer to be closer and a little yeah. bit more yeah. level to the pitch. I like um, And other people line. disagree. Yeah, halfway lines, Class. great. I don't like halfway lines. I, but I, don't, I, I, don't. I always used to be in, in, in like the corner behind one of the goals, and yeah. that was a it was a right weird spot because offsides, you'd always be screaming for him. You wouldn't have a clue. You were <laughs> completely the wrong angle. <laughs> <laughs> I must be offside. You'd see it on bloody match at day or championship or anything yeah, like that after, and you'd be like. <laughs> oh, I might have made myself a bit of a fool there. Yeah, but you, yeah. yeah, but you, no matter what, even if it's not a penalty, a blatant penalty, we're still going to shake oh, penalty yeah, handball, yeah. even though it's not handball. It's but it, you have to shake for it because that's what we do as oh, fans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, penalty wasn't even in the box. <laughs> <laughs> you call it though, handball. Yeah, it is, it is head. But well, yeah. sometimes it helps. That time when Rayner for Liverpool was booting that goal kick and he came out of his area, and everyone was like handball, and the referee was like handball that, and then when they slowed it down. <laughs> He was nowhere near handball. He'd thrown it so far before he crossed the line because the fans all went mental yeah. and the referee must have been thinking, hang on, that was close. Yeah. He's heard the effect, right? Yeah, definitely. And we, <laughs> I think we scored from that as well. Yeah, direct, yeah. So, you know, yeah. the crowd can make a difference when they're shouting for random bits and pieces. Well, I can't know VAR's involved in well, top, upper leagues anyway. Yeah, yeah, we can still get it. To be fair, though, like when, when the first goal was ruled out for commentary, like the referee gave it and then it was like a three, four minute delay and then he walked over to the linesman and then. Next minute, the linesman puts his flag up and everyone's cheering, and it's like, wait a what minute. What a mess it, that is, was. Is someone, is someone actually in this guy's ear telling him, yeah. it's VAR at this game? Yeah. And I was, and I was just, I, well, like you said, I, every time it was offside, I lost it. Like, yeah. It was like we scored a, it was like we scored a goal. It, it was better than when we scored a goal. It's always funny when they, they all start cheering, going, yeah, yeah and then and they realise it's yeah. not a goal. But to do it three times in one game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, it was just unbelievable. But speaking of goals, we had another game last night. Now, the result wasn't quite as. But I tell you what. 
banged in a couple of goals, and I mean banged mm. in a couple of goals. And the lads put a shift in Really well. good finish. Re- really good finishing on those two goals. Without yeah. a doubt. The talk is, you'll have to excuse me, because I've not seen any of the highlights from this oh, game, my. or for that matter, from any of the League Cup matches. I did see Ronan Darcy's goal. That was a pretty tidy effort from him. Mm. Politics weren't bad either. Yeah. The problem as such, though, with Rochdale is a bit more completion about them. Ian Anderson, who's already scoring for fun in yeah. the league. Wasn't he, even a penalty. They started well as well of Rochdale. Yeah, that's true, isn't it? Up near the playoffs. Uh, Callum Camps as well. A couple of goals inside the space of something like six or seven minutes. Yeah. It effectively ended things for Bolton in yeah. that tie. It was sounded to me like we were putting in a hell of a lot of effort. Yeah. And then once it got to once they then when they made it two two and then very quickly three two. It just sounded like it took all the wind out of our sails mm, and we yeah. couldn't get that intensity back again. And the game stretched. We've pushed forward to try and get back into it because it's a cup game. You're not going to be like, oh, well, well, we'll chill out and then we'll try and sneak an equaliser. So you've got to try and win the game. And it's still technically a derby as well. Exactly. And they've just been, it sounded like we were caught on the counter towards the end and that was the end of that. Just well, one of them things. They give their all in the Coventry game. They give yeah. their all in the Rochdale game. They give their all yeah. in the Wiccan game. It's going to start taking time yeah. because they're not used yeah, to playing it. Like and then, I mean, as much as you know, granted, I was probably a much fitter young man when I was 19 <laughs> years old. When you're talking professional athletes, your physical peak is not at 19 years old. It's in your mid 20s. Is your mm. physical peak as a man? Mid 20s into your early 30s, and they were playing against full-grown adults. And they're going to have that bit more stamina and that bit more strength or whatever, and that's just the way it is. But oh, let's be honest with you all round, is it that much of a disaster that we're not in the League Cup? No. I mean, I know a little bit of a run could have generated some much-needed funds, but at the same time... We can focus on the league. Exactly, right? we can focus on uh, well, blowing you, back that deficit. You say the league, yeah, there's also the uh, small matter, you can go to sleep here, Jim, <laughs> of the Leasing.com trophy. Oh. <laughs> Oh, that, that name just... Oh. Our favourite competition. Wow. It's got a new name. You know what? The name change was made last week and we didn't even make a mention of it on the episode. That's what we're, so we're but then I was like, with that terrible name, Chris, is there any point in mentioning such a... We'll just wait for Jim to come back. That's what we're... Leasing.com. Can we, can we lease players in this to play it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's uh, car leasing. So car leasing. Yeah, oh, can well. we park some of them on the pitch? <laughs> yeah, uh, well, a crap name for a crap trophy, let's be honest. <laughs> and the thing is, it wasn't... I didn't used to dislike the the, the, the AFL trophy or whatever it's technically called. Well, because Bolton did win it 30 years ago. <laughs> well, there's that, and but also because... Probably because we didn't have to bother with it because we were well above the level we're at now. I just can't. But it's for me when it was straight knockout, fair play because yeah. if you didn't care about it, you could just put out a bit of a crappy team, get knocked out. We can't. Jobs are good. The same team. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> but no, even if you want to put out a team to lose and get knocked out, you've got to play three games. We'll just play all our senior players. Oh, that. Waste of time. Like to play our senior players in that cup. Yeah. As, as punishment for know, not yeah. playing the games and to play our proper squad, our young squad, yeah. our new senior squad. And think about the, you know the, these these younger teams these youth teams that have been put in as kind of a you know a bit of an insult to the lower league teams that have got to play the senior teams they're going to be like oh yeah like like Man City's under 23s oh let's give them some good experience against these senior players who've we got but Wanderers under 19s what <laughs> you know it's not good for them is it no definitely not I think there was an injury yesterday, wasn't it? There were a couple, I think. Yeah, a few players went off with not yesterday. My understanding was... another one. Well, no, I wasn't thinking about those things. It was the fact that, reportedly, Aaron Oztuma, we're not going to see him again until after the international break or something. I don't know what kind of injury he sustained, but... Well, I, I don't know. It he was plays just one game for <laughs> two oh, yeah. seasons and gets injured. <laughs> Exhaustion, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> And that's really unfair on him because uh, yeah. at the level, we can remember what he was like at Walsall. Yeah. He was pretty much the only reason why they were able to be a lower to, uh, lower to what was it, mid-table uh, club. Yeah, and it was worth, worth remembering as well, though, that obviously we, we didn't have a perfect pre-season. No. So it's things concerning fitness... We might, you know, might still be being found. Mm. You know, that yeah. match fitness, that sharpness, yeah. and that sharpness, you know, can lead to you getting picking up a strain or an injury with a muscle or something like that. So hopefully it won't be too bad. 
I mean, we're just going to have to wait until after the international yeah. break then and get him back because there's nothing you can really do once the fella's cropped. And it's the same, isn't it, for Josh Earl and for... Connor Earl. Yeah, yeah. Connor Earl. Mm. Yeah. Now, speaking of players, or former players in this case, is it all right if I refer to FC Halifax Town as West Yorkshire Wanderers? Because they have two or three players on the books. I ended up watching a National League highlight show and all I could think was, why are all our former players <laughs> that we gave one or two chances to now competing in the National League? Namar, do you remember him? Vaguely. Yeah. He was featured towards the end of the Championship season yeah. fifteen sixteen. He's at Halifax now. I'm trying to think who else. Jack Earing, we know. Yeah. They could all be playing for a while this season. I know, yeah. <laughs> And it's hype. not just. I bet some of them are actually like kicking yeah. themselves for not just. Ah, now wait a minute. Halifax have started the season well, so maybe they're thinking well, we probably the right move. Well, yes, we probably might play them next year. So <laughs> it's three games. Remember, Chesterfield started the season very well, and then they went seventeen odd games without winning. Well, yeah, but you know when we first got promoted to the Premier League that time in ninety-five. Uh, no, not the second time even. Oh, right. Um, you know we started oh, the third time, in fact. We started by winning the first three games of the season yeah. and being top of the Prem, and everyone was like, <laughs> This is good. We ended up, you know, we ended <laughs> up fourth, fourth or fifth from bottom and in a relegation battle, but we stayed up. Yeah, that was a key thing to take away from it, wasn't it? Well, what about Yeah, Big Swindon? Sam was talking about that the other day, and he said that it's, it, it was massive because it gave us the confidence to crack on and just be like, Yeah, we can do something in this league. And we stayed up, even though it was fairly close to why it was a lot more comfortable than. Well, the, the following season was. Yeah, well... Staying up. And another example of Swindon Town, Kane Woolery's there. Yeah. Yeah, Kane Woolery. And I always thought he looked like a player that could do something, and it just never seemed to fully transpire for him. Maybe thought, right man, wrong time. Maybe, maybe. We've had a few of them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think you can put I think you can put Ricky Shakes in that that bracket from many a moon ago because he seemed like someone who was coming through started to break into the first team and then just jump, never saw him again there are loads of examples aren't there of players who you thought after one or two appearances yeah. and then all yeah. of a sudden you went Where, where's it? oh he's there now is he yeah well I, I remember seeing Des Marley pop up again somewhere and was like doing quite well and was like why, have we, why did we sack him off but it's like, well, because we never played him, so at point, haven't Or we? a more recent example, Rodrigo Moreno. Yeah. yeah oh, man. That was yeah. a painful one, wasn't it? Yeah. Big. But again, he didn't ever seem to me to have the physical, the size and the strength to really survive in the Premier League. I suppose you we, could work on that, him. though, couldn't you? you? Yeah. You've got your staff, that's what Yeah, that's for. true. That's true. Does I, he sacrifice the, his killer pace to kind of put that weight on? I mean, look at Christian Wilhelmsen. You know, we had him, and he, he just didn't stand up in the Premier. Then he went over to Spain and was great again different style of football works for different players I suppose especially when you're in a team like Bolton that at that time were combative and more about the the big hook up front than <laughs> any kind of tricky passing let's do mad stuff tick attack bits and pieces so maybe just like you say right, right man but wrong time wrong style whatever could have just been the case there. And thanks to you three, I've now thought of my question for next week. Speaking of questions, though, let's move on to uh, the question we set for last week, asking for favourite League Cup memories. Oh, yes. Now, I did set a precedent for this on the social media account. You can find us on both Facebook and Twitter just by searching for Talking Trotters. I didn't want the 95 and 2004 final appearances to be in there. Not because they didn't mean a big deal, because obviously they did mean a big deal. But it's just stuff outside of those great moments that you felt as though would be worth talking about. Yeah, I was at both of them, by the way. Oh, well. When we got cheated out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. First point to start on, it's a top one from Neil Stallard. The 5-2 win against Aston Villa, the first leg semi-final in 2004. Yeah, I was at that one as well, actually. Uh, (laughs) I missed Stelios' overhead kick because I was too busy giving abuse to the Villa fans. (laughs) (laughs) You were 16, it's fine. Yeah! yeah After one off. too many pints as well, I reckon. <laughs> I was 16. It's yeah. fine. So probably pies, one too many bottles of Strongboard. Pints of cock. <laughs> <laughs> I just think back to that moment, though, that I was so busy trying to get my GCSEs together. I was doing a bit of history coursework. I'm listening on the radio, 1-0 Bolton, then soon I thought, I have to stop what I'm doing. I've got to see what's yeah, going yeah. on right now. 
And thankfully, Bolton didn't let up. No. And then the night ended in the most perfect manner with the free kick from the corner flag, as Matt Molyneux alludes to. I, I still, to this day, it's... believe that someone put some kind of voodoo curse on that ball because <laughs> balls do not move like that. <laughs> they don't. Very rarely will you see a ball swing one way and then the other. That's why he's so good they named him twice, well, do you know true. what I mean? Oh, it's his birthday today. It, it is, is. Happy yes. birthday, JJ. Happy birthday to JJ Koch. Obviously, this will go out slightly after your birthday, but yeah, on the time of recording, yeah. it is your birthday, birthday so yeah. happy birthday. If you're get your boots, get your kit, you're playing on the weekend. <laughs> he would do a job, I'm telling you now. He would do a job. All I'm thinking about, JJ, do you remember the whole thing going into this match was whether or not he'd be allowed to play because he was supposed to go to the African yes. Nations Cup, wasn't he? I think that had that been any other player for Nigeria, they'd have been told to sod off and get cracking with the international squad. But because it was JJ Okocha, they just kind of let him do what he wanted. And if he said, I wanted to come a couple of days late to play in this League Cup game, I don't think they were going to stop him. No, you couldn't. I'll tell you what else was a great memory, though. It connected to that. The second leg of that, just because it was one of the most tense mm-hmm. games I've ever been at, it was ridiculous. And also for the moment where Gavin McCann slapped Emerson Tom, um, <laughs> because that's McCann. a good idea, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah, he slapped him and got sent off, and that was great. But I'll always remember, you know, we were blocking... Was it Campo blocked a shot off the line in that game that was basically, if that had gone in, we'd have been out. Because we, only, because we only lost 2 what, and two nil, we went through, and I nearly got... Nearly got battered by a Villa fan <laughs> who, because we were giving him a bit of stick in stadium, just wandered past all the stewards and started having a right barney with us all. Obviously, after he jumped the barrier into the Bolton fans, we got kicked out. <laughs> but we didn't you know. And then, then we were travelling on the on the coaches, and the first coach that we were in and the second coach were the same company, so they were like had to do everything together. Well, coach two got its window smashed by some angry Villa fans, and we were sat in a car park in in, in Aston. For about two hours, waiting to get this sorted out. It was a nightmare. Absolute nightmare. Especially when you lose. Well, yeah, but we'd won, so we didn't really. You know, we'd lost. <laughs> we lost, but we won it. But we'd won. We were in the final, that's all that mattered. Yeah, the Millennium Stadium. Yes. <sighs> As it was. Not not Wembley. Millennium Stadium. I think yeah. they should still use that stadium for semi-finals. Get rid of Wembley and use the Millennium yeah. Stadium for... But then that's just... Idea. To be fair, though, it's just as hard to get to as Wembley, though, isn't it? I don't know, it depends if because if you're a southerner, it's, you can travel all the way. Yeah, you're fine. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's all the same, isn't it? You know, if you're down south, you'll be right. If you're up north, it's travel. I think they should just go back to having it at the biggest yeah. close ground to both clubs. Yeah, but whatever. Old Trafford, they've got to pay. They, they've got to pay off that Wembley money, aren't they? So it's still not paid that off. They should have just let the Fulham owner buy it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we can have our can have our club games actually FA Cup semi finals. They said no Wembley, so we're not fine. Then I'll have to go and buy a wrestling company then. Yeah. And he did that instead. <laughs> and so it's something a new big thing. Yeah. Also, the, I can see it is in there, but I have written on this <laughs> yeah, yeah. about my first ever Bolton Wonders first team game. Because I've been to a couple of reserve games beforehand, but this was the first game I'd ever been to that was a first team, full-on, proper Wanderers game. Went with my dad, sat in Great Leave Rend. Bolton Wanderers 6. Ah. Tottenham Hotspur 1. We were in the Division 1, as it was then, against a Premiership team. And for the first game to go to, being that one, I honestly came away from that thinking that we were invincible. That there was no way we were ever going to lose a game again. (laughs) I didn't understand why we weren't the best team in the world. Because if we could hammer this team from the Division above 6-1, and, I mean, we hammered them. No question about it. We played them off the field that day. And it wasn't even a reserved Tottenham team either. It no, was it a was fairly a full squad. strength. It was a decent squad and that was what was amazing about it. So the second time I went to a Bolton game, I was like, well... What's going <laughs> on here then? in the park. <laughs> Didn't they end up drawing something no, like one all against Ipswich or Stoke? Well, I went. the next game I went to was the next round in that League Cup. Wimbledon. <laughs> Yeah. Bolt Wonders nil, Wimbledon two. And I was like, what's this about? Spurs are better than Wimbledon. Oh, we lost. <laughs> and that was pretty much the first introduction to what being a Bolton fan was really all about. <laughs> well, he's, he's, he's led you on the right path, yeah. and it highs and lows, yeah, exactly. because that's what Bolton's obviously brought 
over the years. Yeah. <laughs> well, Martin Sheehy more or less agrees with your statement. And he managed to go into the players' lounge afterwards. I was a bit young for that. I think, yeah, it, was, I think well, it was like seven or eight, something like that. Well, apparently he ended up chatting with the Spurs players and they were just laughing about it. Well, I don't know whether because they were laughing uh, laughing because they thought, ah, we're out of the League Cup, we, we don't have to care anymore, or whether they thought, yeah, you got us. Yeah. Yeah. You, have to, you have to laugh it off, don't you? If you yeah. get, if you get yeah. funked, you've got to laugh it off. Yeah, that's very <laughs> true. That's very true. <laughs> what I do like about Martin's comment is that he's, I don't know whether he's done it on purpose or whether it is just a typo, but he said that we beat Spuds 6-1. <laughs> and I like, the th- I like the idea of always referring to Spurs as Spuds. Now. Spuds. <laughs> If we ever need to discuss Spurs... Hurricane, we... Spud's captain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, yeah, that's, I like that. It's got, have, have we got any more big League Cup memories? No, those are more or less the everything. The JJ Cotcher corner yeah. flag one's already been yeah. mentioned. I was going to say the same season in the League Cup, you know, 2003-04, yeah. going to Liverpool and winning it in the yeah. very last minute. Fatty Jardel. <laughs> he scored two in that game, didn't he? And that was as good as it ever got for yeah. him. That made, uh, that made him a Bolton, that's it now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I honestly, when, but after that, I honestly thought, hey, he's going to be all right, this, this Jardel, once he loses a bit of weight and that. And apparently we just fat and miserable all the time. I actually though think looking back on Jardel, I think that was one of them where it was a mental health thing, but we just didn't, we weren't in an era at that point to have that A, recognised or B, really be taken seriously because there was a lot of uh, stuff I remember reading about him where he was apparently quite depressed because he'd, he'd split up with his missus and all that. Oh. And then he found himself in Bolton and he was like, well... Cheeky get. This is great, nice isn't it? Have you ever been in Bolton? <laughs> well, he should have got out more, apparently. He could have gone and met some girls around Bolton and... Actually, that may, might have made him worse. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> Lovely girls. But, you know, Juf likes him, didn't he? Oh, yeah. He liked going around <laughs> introducing himself as the king of Bolton. Is that before or after he spat on you? Um... <laughs> <laughs> What did you just spit on you? <laughs> Never spat on me. But <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know where you're going with that, Danny. But anyway, lads, we've got. I a don't know that instantly. Big game on Saturday. Big game. Rivals, Tranmere. Well, <laughs> it depends. Tranmere Rovers. Do we look yeah. at Tranmere Rovers the way we look at Man United in that we consider them big rivals, and the other way, it's not really no, reciprocated. No, no, no they no. hate us as well. Do they? Do they really? really? Yeah, they hate us as well. <laughs> I know through. And they'll um, go on, no. <laughs> no, no. I mean, do Man United fans hate Bolton as much as we hate? Um, no, oh no, I don't think so. I think so they just. I, I, don't, I, I don't think Man United fans <laughs> care about us. Don't even know who we are. I think no. that's how. <laughs> especially not these days. You know. I think Tranmere definitely hate Bolton, whereas yeah. Bolton fans go. Yeah, who the hell are you? <laughs> yeah, I think. <laughs> where was the last time we played Tranmere? Let's go. The last League time. Cup. No, I was going to say they knocked us out. Wasn't that season where they knocked us out? We were in the Premier League and they were in like probably in like where we are now. Yeah, yeah. And they they knocked us out of both cup competitions in the same season. Yeah, that's a very long time ago. That. Yeah. Well, well I don't care. I, I hate Tranmere <laughs> because of that. It goes back to that lad you mentioned earlier, Ricky Shakes. He scored in an yes. FA Cup replay against yeah. Tranmere. Weren't enough. No, admittedly it wasn't. But yeah, no, Tranmere can't stick them. And um, what really annoys me about Tranmere is that all the fans are just Everton fans. Set, they're just like the second club. Do they don't have any real fans, Tranmere. They're all just Everton fans that are like, oh, well, Everton's depressing, isn't it? Let's, <laughs> let's get on this Tranmere lark. Yeah, well, what's going to be funnier and what's going to be even greater when they've got this big rivalry, but then they get thumped by kids? Well, yeah. <laughs> that would be... Yes. It would, in a, a sense, feel like poetic justice, wouldn't it? Mm. The thing is with Rovers is... I don't know whether it was smart of him or not to let James Norwood go because he was scoring for fun when they were in the National League and he continued that last year yeah, when no they were in League yeah, 2. Um, I reckon he had no choice. Bigger club comes in, you go. Yeah. I think that it, I think there was probably but, a bit of that as well. But he's remained in League 1. He's at Ipswich, isn't he? But oh, that's not going to be fun next week. But he might be at Ipswich, but he, obviously Tranmere are, going de- are probably favourites to go back down and Ipswich are probably favourites to go back up. Which one would you rather be? Potential yeah. championship or yeah. back to League 2? Yeah. And it yeah. is a career at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, and, and, and there is a professional desire to play as high up as you possibly can. And if, if you've not got that, then you're probably not in the right game. <laughs> Mickey Mellon, though, it's interesting. It's a great name, isn't it? <laughs> well, <laughs> Mickey <laughs> Mellon. <laughs> Mellon, in a sense, he does deserve some plaudits because years back, when he was in charge of Fleetwood Town, guided him out yeah. of the National League, or simply the conference as we knew it back then, Mainly thanks to having a 30-goal striker by the name of Jamie Vardy on his Always books. Always does help. Yeah. Mm. Who's he now? 
he went on for play for someone. Yeah, I think like he might have won a league title or something. Yeah. Modest uh, in Jard. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember. I know who he is now. <laughs> World Cup. Almost. Make it there. No, Mickey Mellon, the story I was going to get to, he left Shrewsbury Town around about October 2016 just to go to Tranmere. I got in touch with a mate of mine who's a Shrewsbury supporter because we met on a radio call some years back and we kept in touch since then. I asked, why has Mellon decided to move? Apparently, he told me that Mellon was starting to become quite bored of the place and the fans weren't necessarily as warm to him as once they had been. Fair enough. And he basically decided to jump before he was pushed. Can't argue now, with that. I don't know whether it's gotten to that point where, because he's now going to be in his third full season in charge of the world side, that all of a sudden the Shamir fans think, yeah, I'm getting a bit sick of him. Now, whether Bolton could be the team that begin this decline that ultimately Ooh, leads to his so. sacking. Well, it happened with <laughs> Sheffield Wednesday, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Because Bolton, they went into that game winless, beat Sheffield Wednesday, and just a little over two months later, Carlos Carvajal, who was previously seen as untouchable, gone. So it turns mm. around so quick for managers, though, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just the way it is. But, uh, yeah, hopefully we can stick a few past Tranmere yeah, and uh, give them the kicking they deserve. Yep. Well, we'll be speaking about it on next week's talking. Is it home or is it home or away at that Tranmere? It's away. Away down at Prenton Park. They play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I only know because that's where Liverpool women's team play. Yes, and they're no, the, that's the, the better. Team. Yeah, I was just about to say the best team that play at Prenton Park as well. And I don't think I don't think even Tranmere fans could argue with that. Mm. Liverpool have got one of top teams. Just before we wrap things up, let's set the question for the following week. If we put up on Monday as is normally the case, or will be the case from <laughs> now on. It's just asking. Who were your favourite can't-miss prospects at Bolton Wanderers who turned out to be not so good but went on to thrive elsewhere? And we've mentioned a few during the course of this episode. If you want to listen back to it at any point and go, yeah, remember him and him and him and him. It could go on for quite a bit just (laughs) listening to that section alone. Marcus London, another one. Just going to say that name. (laughs) Whatever happened to Akin (laughs) Boulent? Oh no, that's the question for next week, asking for favourite seemingly can't miss prospects who ultimately failed to deliver for Bolton Wanderers but ended up thriving elsewhere. Yep, you can get in touch with us on Facebook, just search facebook.com forward slash talking trotters. You can tweet in to at talking trotters. You can get the email address at talking trotters at gmail.com. And we are working on Instagram as well. Hey. And the website. <laughs> website. And the website. Yeah. So we'll also be able to talk to you about them next week. And uh, but uh, keep your eyes peeled for that on all other social media outlets. The website will be done before the takeover, won't it? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> so we're ready in six months, then, lads. I think that my funeral might be sorted out before the takeover is, and I'm I'm no planning on going anywhere soon. Catch you again soon. Aye. See you later. Good night. Good night, Vienna. Take care. Ooh.